the whole focus of our work is for the glory of God in the conversion of those who are lost in sin and the darkness of false religion. We translate the Bible into their language so people can read the word of God in their own mother tongue. Our printing and distribution is evangelistic. We print Bibles, New Testaments, Gospels, calendars, Gospel tracts and posters so that people can read the word of God. Conversations with Bob McAvoy on the Semper Reformata podcast. So with me today in the studio pod at Ballycan is Craig Dennison. Craig is the local representative of the Trinitarian Bible Society. So Craig, you're very welcome. Hi, Bob. Thanks for having me on the show. More than welcome. Craig, tell me a little bit about yourself. We only met around a year ago when you came to Billy McCashan Church for a deputation meeting. So who is Craig Dennison? Well, I'm married to Emma and we've been blessed with four children. We are based in County Armagh and we attend a local church in Guildford. I say we, that's uh, when I'm not away preaching. It's my wife and children who normally attend. I get to go when uh, I'm not preaching away somewhere. I haven't always been a Christian. I had little or no interest in the gospel growing up. My interests were more in sport and politics. After A-levels, I had the opportunity to go to university. So I went to Nottingham and I studied politics. They always thought it was uh, funny that a man from Northern Ireland went to study politics. Um, But it was during my second year of university I came under great conviction of sin. When I returned home to Northern Ireland for the December holidays, I attended a church service in Banbridge and I heard the gospel with clarity and power. And uh, that night I remember seeking the Lord for salvation, having come to understand the gospel and what Jesus Christ had done for me on the cross. After university, I went and worked in finance for a number of years before uh, feeling a call to the ministry and to preach the word. So I attended the Whitfield College of the Bible and after this I served a congregation in the northeast of Scotland for five years. Very good. Is that um, Garden Moor? Gardenstown. Gardenstown, right. I knew there was something about a garden. (laughs) So how did you come to be involved with Trinitarian Bible Society? What do you do there? Well, one of the first missionary meetings I attended as a Christian was a deputation meeting for the TBS. As I sat in the meeting, I realised that the very heart of missionary work was putting the Word of God in the hands of men, women and children throughout the world. And I had a great interest in the work of the society. I joined, I became a member. And then in 2019, I felt a burden to take on the vacant role of deputation speaker for the society. So I cover the whole island of Ireland, the whole of Scotland and the north of England uh, for the TBS. I generally visit supporting churches. I give updates on the work of the TBS, our projects that we're engaged in. 
I'm also asked from time to time to go and speak on important issues relating to the doctrines of Holy Scripture. So the revelation of Scripture, how God reveals himself, the inspiration, the inerrancy, the preservation and the transmission of God's word as well. I visit schools, I take assemblies, I write articles for the uh, children and even today I've been recording another uh, podcast for uh, the boys and girls for the story of Mary Jones Excellent. and her Bible. Excellent. You're a very busy man and you found time recently to fit in a mission trip with TBS to Ethiopia of all places. Um, tell me a wee bit about that. Why were you there and what was that country like? Well, in December 2022, the TBS launched the Amharic New Testament in Ethiopia. Amharic is one of the main languages spoken there. Mm -hmm. And there was such a great interest in our Amharic translation that we had to have several launches throughout Ethiopia. And more are still planned in Ethiopia, but also in the USA and England as well. I was asked to attend one of the launches in a city called Debre Berhan. And it was uh, a privilege to travel there for that launch. And it was humbling, Bob, to see the desire that the Ethiopian people had for a faithful translation of the scriptures in the Amharic language. Good. And um, what is the state of Christianity in that place? Is there a strong evangelical witness in Ethiopia? Well, about 44% of the population identify as Ethiopian Orthodox. Mm -hmm. And while it might sound good, uh, sadly, um, it's it's a very unstable um, faith. They believe in the heresy monophysitism. Mm -hmm. That is the belief that Christ had only one nature, which was divine. So they're not truly Orthodox in the biblical sense. Another 40% identify as Muslim. And then about 20% identify as Protestant Christians. But sadly, the majority of those are uh, charismatics. Even the so-called traditional reformed denominations are taken up with the charismatic beliefs in mm. Ethiopia as well. Okay. Let's go back to the Trinitarian Bible Society. I mean, the clues in the name, isn't it? It's like a certain brand of decorating product. It does exactly what it says on the tin. It's a Bible Society with a distinctly Trinitarian, Protestant and Reformed ethos. And TBS has been producing and distributing Bibles through Christian bookshops for many years. I was friendly with the former General Secretary, Paul Rowlands, and we would meet up at various book trade shows throughout the United Kingdom. But I rather suspect that TBS outdates both me and him. So when and how did the society begin? The TBS was formed uh, 191 years ago on the 7th of December, 1831. Previously, we belonged and were part of the British and Foreign Bible Society, which was a wonderful organisation and did great work when it was first formed. But sadly, they had issues within the organisation. Unitarians had infiltrated the group, as well as many other issues, such as printing the uninspired apocryphal books also. And after numerous attempts to reform the British and Foreign Bible Society, over 2,000 people left and they chose the name Trinitarian Bible Society. So the Unitarians didn't follow them yeah, to that organisation. Mm -hmm. And what are the specific aims of society today? I mean, we obviously want to encourage Christians to read the Bible, but there must be wider aims than that. Oh, certainly we have many different aspects of our work. 
And we have translation work that we're engaged in, translating the Word of God into many different languages. Uh, some of these languages have never had the Word of God, so we're putting it into uh, their language for them to have for the first time. In other languages where they might have translations that maybe aren't the best or the most accurate, we're seeking to produce the most accurate copies of God's Word. But we're also engaged in other aspects such as distribution, that is the printing and shipping of Bibles throughout the world to our many different contract, uh, contacts uh, so that we can share the Word of God freely uh, so that men and women uh, aren't left without a copy of God's Word. And we also promote accurate and trustworthy translations which conform to the Hebrew Masoretic and the Greek Textus Receptus. Uh, we don't seek to produce a translation to go into competition with other people. If there's already a faithful translation, we will recommend that to people and tell them to use that. Mm -hmm. We're not in uh, the commercial industry in that regard. But our one of our great aims is to bring the gospel to those who are lost in sin by putting the word of God in their hands in their own language. That's good. What encourages me about TBS is the distinctively reformed stance that it takes. Their fundamental belief that the Bible is the inspired, inherent Word of God. And I think that makes the society a real blessing and benefit for the Lord's people and for his church generally. Is there an evangelistic element to the society's work? There is that as well, isn't there? Oh yes, the whole focus of our work is for the glory of God in the conversion of those who are lost in sin and the darkness of false religion. We translate the Bible into their language so people can read the Word of God in their own mother tongue. Our printing and distribution is evangelistic. We print Bibles, New Testaments, Gospels, calendars, Gospel tracts and posters so that people can read the Word of God. Since 1975, uh, we've been running campaigns in uh, Great Britain with scripture posters in various railway stations. And we've recently commenced a new bus stop poster campaign as well to get the word of God into the public arena mm -hmm. so that people can see uh, the words of life. And will we see some of that in Northern Ireland, perhaps? Um, yes, uh, possibly, but Northern Ireland is tremendously blessed and that many organisations uh, do that. So there's no need uh -huh. perhaps for us to uh, double up on their work when there's other regions that maybe don't have any mm -hmm. um, that mm -hmm. we can do that. But certainly those great po the posters are great, the, the, the large posters for churches and for outside wayside pulpits and that sort of thing. Those are a great blessing to the church. But let's talk about Bible translation methods, Craig. I don't want to get too technical, but one of the features of the Society's translations, as you've already said, is that they are based on reliable texts, on the Masoretic text of the Hebrew Old Testament and the Textus Receptus, the majority text of the New Testament. Can you comment on that? Yes, uh, one of the things that people are shocked about whenever I go to give a, a talk on the subjects of the inspiration and preservation of Scripture is that not all Bible translations are translated from the same New Testament texts. Um, people are shocked to find this out. They think they're all translated from the same text, but translated differently. But the Bible teaches us a very important doctrine, that God would preserve his word. And we find the doctrine of preservation taught throughout the whole of Scripture. 
Psalm 12, verses 6 and 7, the words of the Lord are pure words, a silver tried in the furnace of earth. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation and forever. And if we even think about it in a logical sense, God tells us to trust his word, to believe his word, to obey his word, to have faith in his word and many other things. How can we do that if God has not preserved his word in its entirety? And the great confessions of faith, the Westminster Confession, the Savoy Declaration, the Second London Baptist Confession, they all begin chapter 1 with the doctrine of Holy Scripture and they all share the same great statement regarding the Word of God that God, by his singular care and providence, has kept his Word pure in all ages. And we believe what the church has historically confessed, that we have the providentially preserved word of God in the Hebrew Masoretic of the Old Testament and the Greek Textus Receptus of the New Testament. We don't believe that the word of God is in a provisional temporary state awaiting the discovery of more manuscripts. We don't believe we are waiting for greater light to be given as to what is the word of God or what isn't the word of God. And we certainly don't believe that the Bible is going to change depending on what manuscripts are discovered in the future. As Psalm 119 verse 89 tells us, the word of God is settled. It is. I have to say I was really impressed just the end of last year with the conference that TPS organized the text and translation conference in Moira. There was some excellent teaching at that and some very clear teaching about what you have just said about the the preservation of God's word. I was really impressed with that. Some translations are made using a method where the vernacular translation claims to take into account what they call cultural relevance. And let me give you an example of that. Many years ago, when I was still a teenager, I heard a talk by a representative of a certain Bible society, and a translation was being made into a minority African language. The translators were faced with a problem when they came to Revelation 3 and verse 20, which says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And they said that the problem was that the people who would be using this translation don't actually have doors on their houses. So they changed the wording to, Behold, I stand outside your house and cough. Now, TPS don't use methods like that, do they? No, I can assure you we don't. We use more literal um, methods. That type of translation is known as dynamic equivalence, and this involves the translator becoming more of an interpreter rather than a translator, which is dangerous, especially if you come to some of the verses with the Trinity and you have a translator who has issues Mm -hmm. with the doctrine of the Trinity. Uh, You only have to look at the uh, Jehovah's Witness Bible to see how quickly they can twist the doctrines of the Trinity. We don't use this method. We use a method called formal equivalence, which simply means a more word-for-word translation. If the word is there in the Greek, we translate that word as best we can into the receptor language. We try to be as literal as possible, but as free as necessary. Well, Craig, I've heard the argument that the scriptures must be made culturally relevant in order to reach the native speakers with the gospel. But surely it's more important to present as faithful a translation as possible. And if there are words or concepts 
that are unfamiliar to the people groups concerned, surely it's the job of a preacher to go out, to feel called of God and to go and preach the word, expound the word of God to those people rather than to change God's word. That's absolutely correct. We are to translate the word of God accurately. What it says in the Hebrew and Greek, we are to translate into the language. It's the responsibility of the reader to understand it or to find an understanding. But as you quite rightly said, it's also the responsibility of the preacher to rightly divide the word of God. There are some phrases in uh, scripture that perhaps are ambiguous in the Hebrew and the Greek. And whenever we translate it, we are to translate it faithfully and accurately, not to put our own interpretation upon those passages. So what languages have TBS translated the Bible into? Well, we have uh, 39 different translations in print at the moment. We have 21 full Bibles and 18 New Testaments. Now, some of these languages will cover nearly a billion people. We're very soon due to print the Chinese New Testament later on this year. But then some of our translations are for smaller groups. Uh, Last year, we printed again the Simte Bible for the Simte people in India, who only number in their tens of thousands. Mm -hmm. But they're still a dear people who need the word of God in their own mother tongue. We currently have around 64 translation projects that we are currently working on and we have projects um, where we hope to have the bible available in eight of the top 10 languages in the world in the next coming years good good and what does the future hold for tbs are there more projects in the pipeline Yes, we are very thankful that the Lord has raised up translators who are coming forward and giving themselves to this vital work of Bible translation. We're dependent upon the Lord to raise up labourers to labour in the vineyard and the vital work of Bible translation. Um, We um, also want to see a greater distribution of God's word as well. Uh, there's many people in the world who can't afford to buy a Bible. And there's many, many people in the world who can't even find a Bible to buy it as well. Uh, so as God gives us the ability, we seek to give grants of scripture each year to give scripture to those in need. In the last two years, we have granted over three million scriptural items. And our scripture has gone to over 109 countries throughout the world in the last year. Craig, is it important to have the Bible in a book form? Nowadays, people are using uh, apps on their phones and on their iPads, on their computers, and you see them coming to church and they'll be walking in and they'll get their phone out and you, you, you don't know whether they're reading along with you or whether they're checking their emails. I like to see people having a paper Bible, a physical Bible in their hand. A couple of months ago in our church, we went and bought 12 Bible, pew Bibles, Trinitarian pew Bibles, to put out into the pews in the hope that we would encourage people to use a physical Bible. What's your views on that? Well, it's certainly good to have the Word of God in the printed form because you'll certainly not be tempted to look at your emails or your text messages when you're sitting there in church. If uh, You're certainly not going to get an email come through on the paper copy That's of true. your Bible. But in regards to the apps, those apps can be very profitable for countries where 
they perhaps aren't allowed a printed copy of God's mm-hmm. Word. That's a good some point. of the some of the Muslim countries in the world, if you're found with a copy of the New Testament or a Bible, you could be put in jail. Your life might even be at risk. But they can maybe go onto the internet, go to our website, read our Arabic Bible, read our Farsi New Testament, and read the Word of God by that means. We, uh, our branch in Brazil has also developed an app for the Bible in Portuguese, which has been downloaded millions of times. We're looking to get all of our scriptures online and available through the apps as well, because even in Africa, many people, they can't find a printed copy, um, uh, or they're perhaps too expensive for them to buy, but they have a mobile phone and access to the internet, and they can go and read the Word of God. By that means. Certainly that is a great mission field in itself, reaching people that you can't reach with a physical copy. I just like the idea of somebody coming to church, maybe just here in Northern Ireland, maybe it's just a Northern Ireland thing. I just like the idea of people coming to church and opening a Bible and having a pen in their hand or a pencil so that they can mark verses that have blessed them or stood out. Uh, maybe you can do that with an app too. I'm too old to know. You visit church groups and meetings, Craig, to represent TBS. How can an interested church get in touch with you to book a meeting? Uh, the best way is probably through our website, okay. www.tbsbibles.org. Um, I would be delighted to visit any church in the UK or Ireland and share reports of the work on the society or to speak on any of the important doctrines regarding Holy Scripture. On our website in the top right hand corner there's a little section contact us if you fill out that form and well I'll gladly get in touch to come and visit your church. And can we purchase Bibles online? When we bought those Bibles for Ballymacashan Church they were TBS Bibles Pew Bibles, hardbacks. We bought them from the Covenanter bookshop in Knockbracken. Do you recommend supporting the local bookshops or do you allow people to buy online? What's our individual preference? Oh, certainly support your local Christian bookshop. I would always recommend um, you do that. But if you do wish to come directly to us, you can uh, go to our website, uh, tbsbibles.org. You can phone up our sales team and they'll be more than happy to process your order. You'll find all the range of Bibles, New Testaments, Gospels, calendars, children's items, colouring in books, scripture posters, and so much more if you go to our website. It's worth a good look. Good. Well, that's an option for anyone who wants to do that. Well, Craig, thanks very much again for joining me for this special edition of the podcast. And let's hope the listener has found it really helpful and that TBS will attract some attention in the the wider audience. And let's hope that we get some folks coming onto the website supporting the society. They do a great work. Well, thank you very much for having me along, Bob, and thank you to your listeners for uh, their interest in the TBS. And we would covet above everything prayers for God's blessing upon this ministry. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please help to make it better known by opening the podcast app on your phone or mobile device. Then, search for The Semper Reformata Podcast. Subscribe and give it a 5-star rating. See you next time.